Welcome in to the DNVR Gaming Podcast presented by WGT, the most beloved free golf game loved by more than 20 million players around the world. You can play closest to the hole or full stroke play at a bunch of famous golf courses, including Pebble Beach, Bethpage Black, and St. Andrews. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. With me, of course, AJ and Rudo, our ABS contingency and the rest of our gaming contingency here as we continue to discuss our favorite topics in gaming or just whatever we feel like uh, doing today. we got a little bit of a review for you of the Chimera Squad out of the XCOM series. We're going to talk a bit about some mechanics that we like, love, or hate inside of video games, just kind of uh, across the board. But uh, we got to start there with some news this week. We've also got to start with some of our own accomplishments throughout the week. Let's begin there. I've been getting steadily better at WGT. Haven't made any giant leaps forward. Rudo, it's a short game coming along. Give I, us some hope. I can chip. The putting, not so much. <laughs> that's just, that's almost harder. That's Because I was doing okay at driving at first, so I didn't have to chip too often. But now that I've found myself in that position more and more, it's brutal, man. It it took me, like, it's funny because I was trying to be the technical guy with it and always, you know, look at the numbers and, and try and hit the ball the exact amount of yards based mm-hmm. on the meter. And I, what finally got me better at it was just saying screw it and doing it all by feel. There you go. Rudo's a feel player. Sometimes you gotta you gotta feel it out on your your WGT. Uh, any progress on your end, AJ? Uh, if I get into a bunker, it's over. It's over. <laughs> speaking speaking I, of feel, I have absolutely no feel for how to handle bunkers in that game. None. No, me neither. I, I turn into a very. Um, was that tin cup where he keeps hitting the same shot over and over and over and yep, over yep. again? Yeah. I actually just watched that movie last week. Nah. I love that yeah. part of that movie. I haven't it's seen a it. Little, it's a little different than when I than than what I remember growing up. Kevin Costner yeah. is kind of a loser in that movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um for some reason that was the attractive quality about him. Kind of a strange yeah, movie. you you kind of love him for being a loser in that movie. I need to go back and watch Tin Cup. It didn't wasn't it a first round exit in our movie thing, and nobody ever really talked much about it. That would have been one yeah, that we could probably have, people hate yeah. golf. It turns out. Um, that's why know, you play digital golf instead. Not when it's played by a hockey player, as we learned in the movie <laughs> bracket. I'm a hockey player, but I'm playing golf today. Also on uh, the Twitch channel this week. I had a big, big newsworthy week in the sports realm because I got into the playoffs in two different games, the Avs and the Broncos. I took them to the playoffs on the stream this week. Um, the Avs started out great uh, playing Calgary round one, seven to two win. Uh, Kale McCarr with the first goal uh, of the playoffs. A couple of weird things. Um, I got a goal and an assist with A.J. Greer who had one goal the entire regular season, and that accounted for all of his points. So he has more points in one game of the playoffs than he did for the entire season. That was a fun thing that happened. Uh, lost the second game, but took the third. So that's where we sit for the Avs. Mostly feeling good about that. A couple of goals for Philip Forsberg, who we acquired at the deadline. 
So we're feeling good. AJ Greer and Philip Forsberg on the team. I feel like you're just trying to incite Nav's fan base riot at this point. (laughs) (laughs) How Greer managed to work into the, I I don't know. It just happened out that way. The other crazy thing is I have zero points with McKinnon through three games. And he obviously led the team in points throughout the year. Just haven't been able to uh, get him going in the playoffs yet. Uh, It's been a lot of work from second and third line guys getting it done. It's been really tight in those top-line matchups so far with Calgary. And, yeah, and then and then the, the more exciting and super frustrating one was on, on the football side, the, the playoffs were going very interestingly. Uh, game one, the division series, was against the Titans in the snow, the first time I've played Madden in the snow in, like, seven years uh, and the game turned into an absolute nonsense, just a just a shit show. It was ridiculous. So we got guys falling all over the field, barely won on a last-minute field goal to get to the AFC Championship game, rolled over the Ravens with a 215-yard, three-touchdown performance from Phillip Lindsay, just an absolute monster job there. Uh, and then this morning had the Super Bowl, against the New Orleans Saints. So it was Drew Locke against Drew Brees in a game played by Drew Creaseman. We christened it the Drooper Bowl. Nice. And um, it was it was a defense. It was a game of defense and punting and nobody able to get anything. The best drive of the game was probably the first one where I got down to the goal line, couldn't stuff it in, settled for the field goal. Uh, it was 6-6 six to six at the end of regulation, barely holding out. Uh, the Saints got in position to kick a field goal, but they didn't have any timeouts and they weren't able to get to their uh, get there in time. I had a chance in overtime to win it, but got sacked on a second down play action play, punted away. They were able to get into field goal range, kick the field goal. I lost the Super Bowl nine to six, and I just yeah, I, I heard the word punt way too many times for a Madden Super Bowl. <laughs> Yeah, you, you have to, man. You're you get cooked in that game if you try to go for it on fourth and seven in the first quarter. Like you lost anyway, the, you got cooked. Nah, I got I, punted. Don't punt I, it over time. You're probably right about that. It was like fourth and fourteen after the sack. I was just ah, uh, brutal. And then I, I did the unthinkable, which was I, I signed apparently a, a guard to a lot of money, and AJ is not happy with me about it. <laughs> the offensive line needs help, man. I need some help on that line. That's a bad time to get sacked like that. It's just not. It's just not a very useful position in video games. IRL um, signing a guard to big money. I mean, it's still questionable, but. Much more useful IRL than in a video game where the guards are just sort of there. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll see what happens. We're going to try to land some other free agents. We're getting ready for the draft. That'll be the next thing we do on the Madden stream. So come by if you want to check that out. Help us plan for next year's team to try to get back to the Super Bowl and win it this time. Uh, So, yeah, that was it for me. How about y'all? What was your week like on the stream? Uh, I had a blast uh, just the other day. Got to finally run some Mythic Plus Dungeons in World of Warcraft with the DNVR Guild. So, outside yes. of AJ slacking on his leveling duties down there, the DNVR Guild is, is finally getting somewhere and we're finally kicking off some dungeon runs. So, excited that that started and to do more of it. 
Yeah, I haven't uh I haven't finished the leveling. I've I've been wanting to, but I level with the fiance and and when I want to, she doesn't want to, and when she wants to, I don't want to, and it's just bad. This is bad. Uh, well, you know, you'll get there. It's, it's super cool that there's a DNVR guild. Like, I'm, I'm very excited about that, and for people yeah. to have a place to go and and do I'll that. I'm excited to play with everybody once I actually get up to speed. Cygnus in chat is is it. telling us Drew's trying to hide a trade he made from us in Madden. We oh, that's right. Larry. That's right. We traded the right guard because we knew we were going to sign this other left guard. So Leary, <laughs> yeah. Um, we we traded him and a fourth round pick in this draft that we're about to do, and the fourth round pick in the 2021 draft for uh, the a first round pick from somebody else that came out to I think the 21st overall. <laughs> um, so we we shed all of that money. We shed <laughs> the contract. So basically, we gave that money to the other guard. Video games. <laughs> That's an insanely good deal. You'll take that. Just add another fourth. <laughs> yeah, two fourths and a and a broken down guard who can't stay healthy in the last year of his contract. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's a. I mean, that's a great deal. I will say. I mean, they, it seemed like they were playing hardball. It took us a while to work out exactly what to be able to give them. But once once I realized I'd just give them a pick for next year, then and it was somebody. I may have even been Cygnus or somebody in chat who suggested that we worked that one out together. So I was like, throw them next year's fourth rounder, and that's what put it over the top because we didn't want to let go of the third. That was the big thing for a first round pick. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, use it well next week. Yeah, we'll we'll have to update you on what the team looks like. Uh, I think I mentioned last week we ended up with a decent season for Jerry Judy, but nobody else ended up having a monster individual campaign. So we got to step it up. Michael Oje Mudia did get a huge pick in that AFC game that really swung the tide early, so that was pretty cool. Uh, beyond that, Cushenberry just played center all year. Uh, <laughs> he, was, he just snapped the ball. <laughs> he did a fine job. Uh, the tight end, whose name I can't pronounce, got hurt for the middle part of the season, so we only ended up with like six catches or something like that. Albert O. Albert O. And Hamler had a few big games, only had one big return of a punt for a touchdown, but that basically won a mid-to-late season game, which was pretty cool. I would take that right now. If I could get that, if I could guarantee that he would have a decent year and a part return for a touchdown, I'd say yes. Yeah. So it, it was a fun season. Obviously, you hate to end it in a, a loss in overtime. Uh, but still, there's always next year, uh, even if I'm already making stupid moves. <laughs> Maybe the two moves combined, it's not quite as stupid. So yeah, let's do. I get. Let's do the uh, news real quick before we jump uh, into our other big topics of the day. Uh, before we get into our two biggest topics of the day, there were some bits of news this week. A lot of it, I, I think, is sort of beyond our comprehension levels in terms of. Well, at least my. I should. I should speak for myself. Uh, but there's. Uh, kind of the unofficial beginning of the next-gen console wars has been kicked off here in the last couple of weeks. Sony and Microsoft have come out with some specific details on the tech 
for the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5. Um, uh, I watched a bunch of videos of people like trying to put it into human terminology. And I think the best way that I can understand it and boil it down is it sounds like the Xbox is the uh, at base most understanding level, the more powerful system moving forward from the way that we've understood systems to work over the last several generations, that it's got the most power built into it, and that Sony is going for a more creative way, and some developers have suggested that you will actually be able to get more out of it. And if you know about the difference between hard drives and SSD and all of that stuff, then you can jump into that even deeper, but that's a, a conversation for people who are a lot smarter than I. Um, AJ Rudo, how did I do that? What'd you think? <laughs> well, um, it's interesting. the The PlayStation side has always kind of been the one that tries to innovate with every new console generation, right? And Microsoft is like, we just put as much raw horsepower in this bad boy as we could possibly fit. But and I haven't been. I was not very involved in the the most recent console war of the PS4 versus the Xbox One or or anything like that. But in Historically, for me, I've preferred what Microsoft does because they just pump out the highest quality of graphics that you can get, basically, whereas PS4 with their... I forget what it was called back in the day, but they're like AI chip that they tried to put in there that like applied cores to specific tasks at certain times. Eh, it's fine. It didn't... This is coming from a PC Master Race person, so, you know, when I... I just want to dump the heaviest graphics card I can find in there and and stream in 8K at 240 hertz and enjoy my way over-the-top experience, basically. Yeah, you both live a little bit above this conversation, right, AJ? Like... (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you give, if you ask me which console I want to play, I'm always going to give you the Nintendo answer. Love it. Even even if the Wii U was garbage, it's set up for the Switch, and the Switch kicks ass. And so. since uh, since MLB the Show is finally coming off PlayStation in the future, yep, I don't need to um, even think about PlayStation anymore. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> It's really it's really the big reason why I dipped out of the console thing was because the vast majority of those games began coming to PC in some some fashion, especially when they set up the Xbox Game Pass where it was like now I have absolutely zero reason to own this console because I can do every single thing on PC. Gears 5 came out, I played it 3 days later on my PC. PS, don't bother. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for me, I'm you know, it looks cool. the The demo for the tech for PS Five was cool, but yeah, yeah. But so for me, like I've always been a little bit more of a PlayStation guy because they've just had more games on them back when there were a lot more exclusives as well. Like obviously, Final Fantasy had been exclusive to PlayStation for a long time. Um, even some of the more recent games uh, haven't come to Xbox or PC until much later. And that's still probably going to be true going into this next generation, um, Final Fantasy VII Remake and whatever else they continue to go through the next steps will at least be timed PlayStation exclusives. Um, 
And so that's probably going to swing it for me more than any graphical thing was going to. Yeah, I've I've never cared about graphics, and so it's always been library of games. What's yeah. what offered me the best opportunity to have cool experiences? And over the years, there have been, you know, some titles. I ended up buying every system for every generation until this one, yeah. when um, the Master Race won. <laughs> Nothing has been more frustrating to me than, and personally, I think the PlayStation side has been significantly worse about this with their exclusive game title holding. And it's like, oh, well, you can only buy this on PlayStation, and that's a big part of the reason that you have to buy a PlayStation, and that just sucks for everybody, in my opinion. <laughs> like, Yeah, and, and to be honest, the master of the exclusive is Nintendo. Yeah. I mean, they've got they've got the Mario franchise. They've got Zelda, Kirby, Metroid, pick with Smash Brothers. I mean, honestly, it's a big one. So it just doesn't. It it honestly doesn't. Uh, for me, it doesn't. It doesn't pay to invest in the other consoles. Yeah, on the Microsoft side, I mean, they make Windows, so almost all of their games besides yeah. like the FIFA and and the EA ones end up being on PC anyway. So, well, and with with the with Game Pass, man, now yeah. you don't even have to wait. Right. Cuz you used to have to like, oh, hey, we'll release it you don't, right. you don't a year wait later six thing months yeah. or something. Yeah. Like, that's that was always the thing. Is like if you were willing to wait, and let me tell you, my backlog of games is always going to be so significant that I'm not I'm not in a huge hurry to play new games most of the time. But the uh, the the game pass has made it so that that waiting period doesn't even exist anymore. I, I get it on the same day as console gamers do, and it's just like, well, this is this is stupid. Yeah. So, um, as, as someone who's been a console gamer my whole life, I've never had a PC basically until the last five months that would be decent enough to run video games on. Uh, I've basically consoles have been my only option uh, my whole life. And so when I see something like the Unreal 5 tech demo, I get very excited. Do That's you cool. guys look at that and go, whatever, man, my games already look like that. I, I mean, it's it's cool. It was a cool demo. Okay. Um, but honestly, like, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I've watched a lot of I've watched a lot yeah. of gaming conferences in well, my tech, life. I've, tech demos I've seen a lot of cool problem. tech demos. Exactly. I've seen a lot of cool. I've seen a lot of cool teaser trailers and stuff from games that ended up being absolute crap. The thing, right, the thing right. you learn in the PC realm immediately is like those cutscenes might look dope, but you got to see the gameplay. <laughs> like, right? What can I do? What can I physically do? You guys, you you want to make a beautiful video? Awesome. But I didn't, I didn't, I didn't buy your game so I could watch the cutscenes, man. I bought it so I could get in there and actually play something and. You want to add cool cutscenes? Like Blizzard makes amazing cutscenes, even in shitty fifteen-year-old World of Warcraft. The cutscenes are incredible in that game. Yeah, and it's like great. That's that's awesome. Like it's a great add-on to what are very good games, but it, it just doesn't like graphics. Just don't move me much. I'm I'm a dude who likes to buy the the games that are purposely made with retro graphics because I like games that look like that 
it's it's mm. what I grew up on. It's what I was comfortable with back in the day. You know, graphics graphics don't they don't they don't sell me in anything. Uh, ugly games don't bother me. I I think I'm more sold on graphics than AJ is probably, but most people honestly are. Especially, I really don't care. Like when it comes to a game like Unreal Tournament, where essentially, <laughs> if it works like the old ones did, I'm assuming if you're playing multiplayer in that game, it's just going to be a bunch of dudes be hopping around at 5 million miles an hour, and you're just going to be shooting at blurs anyway. <laughs> so, at, at a certain point, the graphics uh, only do you so much good, I guess. Yeah. The tech is cool, and I, I'm always in, excited to see what the next generation brings in terms of innovation. Um, you know, we're starting to delve into, like, the the on the PlayStation you can like share gameplay you can you can do it on Steam now too like you don't have to own a game in order to be able to play it um, some of that some of that kind of stuff with co-op experiences like I'm I'm curious to see how that continues to advance and you always want to know like what do what do the new consoles offer what do they bring um, you know you remember you remember for five minutes the Connect was a big deal and then the PlayStation Move was a big deal mm-hmm. and then 400 people bought that little glowy wand that looked like a sex toy. And it was just like, <laughs> okay, well, this, this, this didn't work. This is dead. Right. So um, it's, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. I, I, I always like to see what's coming next, but. I mean, it is nice that the, they have the SSD in the PS5 now. Uh, low, you'll see your load times basically become non-existent. Yeah, and you won't have to listen. It won't sound like a airplane taking off. <laughs> off. Yeah, exactly. My girlfriend is very much going to appreciate that. No joke. She's like, is it, she's made that exact joke several times. And it's like, yeah, especially maybe. if I'm like gaming late at night, she's trying to go to bed. It's like, beep. Yeah. <laughs> what you doing? Oh, just. Little late night MLB the show. Once it's on, like it turns into white noise, like a fan. But that startup noise is always a little you know, oh. like. <laughs> what is that? Um, all right. Well, yeah, we'll we'll have obviously plenty of time to talk more about. I'm also interested, like in the future of VR, and it does look like PlayStation is working on building that straight into their consoles and the, moving forward. More accessories um, people won't buy. Always yeah. a good idea. I'd- I mean, VR is just not there yet, man. You have to give. You have See, to I, learn what the Wii did. The Wii showed you how to do this. If you're going to give away, if you're going to have an accessory like this, you need to give it away. The Wii you was, need to give it away the because Wii, then I don't like the Wii was also to, so specifically placed to have these super casual games in that style, though that like PlayStation and Xbox aren't. You, yeah, have like you, give, can't, you have to give it away, though, dude. You can't. You can't. You have to give the tech away. You can't, you can't you give away to, a virtual reality headset. You have to playing Resident Evil Seven. You have to. Like Otherwise, you have to take a bath on the technology. Because if you don't, dude, you will. You will put an automatic cap. Because then, okay, great. Resident Evil Seven is going to be a VR experience. Whatever. The only people who are going to buy that game are going to be the people who also have the VR. So you put a hard cap on how much you can sell games, how much you can give away those experiences. You have to give it away. 
That's the only way to make it work. You have to take a bath on it and you just have to give it away. That's the only way that this will work. Otherwise, you hard cap it and you take a bath on it anyway. Plus, you waste a ton of marketing money along the way. And it's just, it's such bad business. Yeah, but when it's you, the worst business ever. When you know it's going to flop and then you give it away on top of that, then you're, you're taking all the L's. <laughs> I mean, they, the only way that I'm, the only way that these kinds of accessories on consoles can ever be kind of successful is. I, I just don't view VR as an accessory. I don't think that's the right, the right framing. I, I It's a whole other thing it's very especially when it works right and if you haven't played resident evil in vr play it and tell me it's not there yet like uh, I get, it's i get the motion sickness i can't well not, not i mean if, if you if you can't do the that's that's one thing i'm saying to yeah. people out there if you can do motion stuff if you're I'd curious like about vr but you've been burned by it in the past play that and tell me that the only problem isn't that developers haven't fully taken advantage no of way I mean, it'll never be there until it's full, like, anime, full dive level VR, in my opinion. Uh, to me, I... Maybe, maybe VR and you, video man, games, but I don't... It, it feels like 3D movies. Like, it always yeah. sounds like a better idea than it yeah, actually it, ends it up always, It almost always ends up being a gimmick to me. Yeah, so... Well, well, we'll agree to disagree on that one, and we'll see how things go along in the future. We should jump into... Our review here, AJ has been playing some XCOM Chimera Squad and has thoughts. Let's begin with a 60-second synopsis. So, uh, picks up after a few years after the events of War of the Chosen, which is the XCOM 2 DLC that you absolutely must own. And uh, the big difference is, is that, that you play through, the play style is very, very similar but uh, in terms of the turn-based strategy element and all that, difference is, is that missions are broken into what they call encounters. There can be up to three of them. They're like mini missions that you can restart and adjust and do whatever. You have different goals in each of them. Uh, and as you like work your way, so you're assaulting a facility. Sometimes you have to go through multiple rooms. That's what the encounters basically are. It's very cool. And it, it's a way to break the battles into smaller doses. Than the previous XCOM games, which those battles could take an hour. They could one huge map, you know? And instead, it's three small encounters with with different little elements um, and controllable things. Lots of different factors. The big thing in the gameplay, it's it's you're not just humans going up against aliens. Uh, humans and aliens have integrated, and you also get access to aliens, the alien races from previous games. You get a character that's got a whole bunch of special abilities that can do all kinds of different stuff. And the whole game is about working together and classic XCOM experience. You have a big over map. You've got goals. You've got consequences. You've got to make choices. You're never going to be able to do everything. Uh, you've got to, you've got to make hard cuts. You've got to go through multiple playthroughs to experience everything. It's all about, it's all choices. It's all choices. And it's all cool abilities, and uh, you know, they sold it for ten dollars. So that's nice. It's very, very, very difficult for that game to not be worth the ten dollar price tag. Right on. So 
it sounds like you would recommend it for anybody who generally enjoys the XCOM experience. Um, yeah, I just if you're if you're an experienced XCOM player, it's going to be a little different because there's a little more RNG involved in this one. Um, I've played it on uh, multiple difficulties, and the big difference is is that you have a 75% chance to hit something on a higher difficulty. That 75% chance feels more like 30 or 40. Yeah, and on lower difficulties, it feels more like 95, where you're like, man, 70% chance I'm, I'm in the money, baby. I'm hitting him. Does, does anyone actually enjoy the XCOM experience when it comes to the RNG? <laughs> Uh, I mean, you live with it. It changes. It changes how your missions go completely. Like you, you start an encounter by attacking, and if you go into a room and you attack and you set it all up, you've got your four guys that attack right away, and you kill four different guys. It's a very different experience than if you miss all four shots and those dudes are alive <laughs> and they get to shoot back at you. Like it's, it's very, very, very different uh, depending on. Just how the shots go, which is classic. That's classic XCOM, but it's a little, it's a little more uh, coin flippy than the previous games, and a little less rewarding in terms of just raw strategy. But there are once you once you get deeper into the game, like once you're into the third investigation, and you are you've unlocked most of the abilities for your prime your prime squaddies, it gets nasty because you can start combining abilities. Um, for example, I, I played as the snake and I used one of the shotgun users and, um, I would pull, uh, the snake has an ability to, to, to pull enemies across the screen with their tongue. And I would be standing next to my guy with the shotgun who had, who had an ability called close combat specialist. So any enemy that got within two squares of him, he automatically fired at, even if it wasn't his turn. And so I would pull the dude across the screen and he would shoot him with the shotgun and it gave me six, seven, eight free damage, whatever it would do. And then I would use the snake ability to, to, to wrap him up and bind him, which did five damage and incapacitated him for the entire thing. So it was just like, you get to do cool, two cool combinations like that. You could also pull your enemies across the map or your teammates across the map. If they were in trouble, a lot of, there's a lot of different mechanics in the game to, swap places between uh different characters that have abilities and grenades grenades don't do damage in this game very often there's only three variations of grenades that do damage all the others do stuff like they disable guns or they lift you they lift everybody that gets hit by the grenade gets lifted up off the ground and levitated and so they lose all their cover bonuses and then they also can't shoot it's kind of cool but also like i want my grenade to do damage please <laughs> you know so it's it's very it's super super different uh if from like the 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 accessories and the abilities and all that stuff works very differently from previous games where it's you're going to live or die based on your ability to maximize those where in other XCOM games, you could kind of brute force your way through just with powerful weapons if you were good enough. And you can't get away with that in this. If all you do is just want to shoot people, you're not going to do well. Got to strategize. All right. 
You really do. Uh, uh, yeah. the, the strategy will not be as rewarding as previous games just because of the coin flippiness. Which is which is a bummer. So who is this game not recommended for? People that like fast-paced games. Um as as a turn-based uh, as a turn-based game, it's slower and it's more methodical and you got to do some reading and you actually have to take your time and you have to you have to look at the room and you have to figure out how things work together. You have to figure out how to maximize your your turns. Every turn feels meaningful and powerful and not just like, oh, I'm just going to hit the space blur to shoot at the guy. If that's all you're doing, you probably suck at XCOM. So you won't enjoy that. You really have to take the time to play chess. Right on. All right, let's do MVP and LVP of the game. Uh, I think the MVP, my favorite part of it, man, it's the it's the addition of the aliens and all their different abilities because they all play so differently. Like, yeah, so you can add aliens to something, <laughs> right? This like, game, this was cool and it didn't have aliens, and now it's got aliens. Like, you if you you could theoretically set up an entire team of of uh, dudes that only do melee damage, and that's really rare in XCOM. Like, melee damage is kind of a kind of a novelty and not something you live and die by because you have lots of guns. Right. And so I would say MVP is the, the the aliens and all the different abilities and all the different all the different ways that you can use them. Some are good. One of them is really bad though. And I won't I won't tell you which one. You just gotta suffer through it like I did. Where mm-hmm. I was I was really excited to use this one character. And then I did and I was like, dude, this guy just Dude rolls up and hits a two and you're like, oh no. Well it's like so, like, he's built as, like, this tank, right? Like, he's supposed to take a lot of damage. He has an ability that says, you know, can reduce, damage, yeah. can reduce all dam- uh, damage to one. And so, instead of taking nine damage, it only reduces. I played through an entire file. It procced once. <laughs> and, Never like, little. it was great when it did. I was very excited the one time it procced. It was like... <laughs> You are supposed to put him in dangerous situations so that he can absorb that damage for you and let your squishier teammates do it. But it just doesn't and again, this is where the 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 RNG outweighs the strategy. And I would say that's the least that's the LVP. That's the least valuable yeah. player, is that your strategy can get kicked right in the face with steel toe boots, man, because you you just get you get R the RNGs doesn't go your way. Yeah. <laughs> he does not favor you on any given turn and it's just like you set up and you have all the best laid plans and you come up with all the ways to mitigate all the damage they're going to throw at you and all the crazy stuff that happens like later on those missions man they get like like you're outnumbered like 20 to 4 and unlike previous XCOM games you don't get more players on your team as the game gets later you only get to play with four guys so you get outnumbered. You need to be able to strategy, you know, to 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 use the strategy to to overcome things, and then you do that, and you get you get coin flipped, and you're just like, "What was the point? Why did I spend twenty minutes doing this and setting up right. all of this right. when they rolled in and I missed seven shots in a row, all over seventy percent?" And it was like. What's the point of this? And Z was listening to we were we were chatting one night while I was playing, and I I just kept shouting at my computer like, <laughs> "How does this happen?" And now you know what a Rockies manager feels like when the bullpen blows another uh, game. Yeah, that's, I mean, that is the strategy, yeah. though. You have to know. 
you have to know like the, the Rockies bullpen is already on fire when it gets <laughs> when they start to use it. That they come in and burn the game down is what happens. Uh, I remember having a very candid conversation with a Rockies manager one time who just looked at me and said, what am I supposed to hand do? Hand the ball to that guy? <laughs> and he's, I was just like, yeah, yeah, good point. <laughs> you know, the stuff you can't say in an actual item. But he was like, seriously, who? Anyway, getting a bit far afield here. Let's do XCOM Chimera Squad as an athlete. Oh, um, let's go with Matt Calvert. Oh, okay. Lovable, lovable, scrappy, very cost efficient. <laughs> I like that. Not the not the best, not the worst, but very cost efficient. Uh, every every gaming library could use it, just like every NHL team could use a could use a Calvin. Yeah. yeah. A solid upgrade to a thing that's already good without it, but better with it. I tell you what, man, this better not take the place of XCOM three. <laughs> I'll tell you that this this better be basically XCOM two and a half. Like this needs to be like a nice little like a little half step, and then because the game it's one, it's not long enough to be a full blown experience. I beat. I think I beat it on the second hardest difficulty. I beat it in like thirty five hours. So that's not that is not a long XCOM adventure when I've had XCOM files on high difficulties, you know, 70, 80 hours. Yeah. So Matt Calvert. Matt Calvert. All right, slap a quarantine score on this sucker. Uh well, quarantine can't go anywhere. Um, although I guess that's changing now. Um yeah. Uh, you can't go anywhere. All you got to do is you got you got plenty of time to sit down and and learn the strategy of getting dicked by a coin flip. So, <laughs> I'll give it. I'll give it a solid like. I'll give it a solid eight. It's it is really fun and it is very yeah. XCOM, but man, does it it really does suck when. Make sure you um, have a, a break space to like get up and punch a wall or something yeah, after you lose ninety five percent. You need to have built in. I need to take a breather time because um, if you try and just plow through it, it's just like it won't go well. It won't. It won't go well. That actually leads us into our final topic of the day because you covered there a lot of mechanics about that game that you really like obviously the one in particular that drives you crazy and that z gets to hear which is fun <laughs> and um of course there have been a ton of things like that throughout the history of games and we're not going to be able to cover them all here but we thought it would be fun just to jump into some of our favorites and least favorites and kind of have conversations about those uh we'll see how many of these we can jump into Rudo. Yeah, you sat out a lot of the XCOM conversation there. So I'll I'll start with you. And why don't we do it this way? Why don't we do a favorite and a least favorite from you? And then we can all kind of debate and decide whether or not we agree with you that those are good or bad. And then we'll move to AJ and sort of go through like that. Okay. Um my favorite mechanic is a very simple one, but it's multiplayer. So if you've played World of Warcraft, you know the basics of, of not standing in bad stuff, basically. But 
there are mechanics in that game which essentially boil down to it picks two people and they need to run together and stand near each other. Seems easy on paper. Seems great. But it is one of the hardest things when you're doing a raid of 20 to 40 people and you need everyone in the raid to find their partner and pair off. It is absolutely brutal. (laughs) People struggle immensely with this. And while it can be extremely frustrating that people can't figure out something that seems so simple, when you get it right, it's one of the most rewarding things that you can do in video games, in my opinion. So boss fight mechanics that involve not a bunch of people sitting in a room fighting the boss where they could essentially be by themselves with a bunch of NPCs, but actual player-to-player involvement. Um, My least favorite and... This, I think, might be a little bit unpopular for a least favorite thing, is stealth missions. And and roguelikes in general are not something that I'm a big fan of. And particularly in games where, look, my style of game, if I'm playing a, a combat game, is generally give me a shooter, give me the stick, and let me just run and, and, and slay everything. And so there's this fine line that some of these games try and walk where... Okay, last level, you just murdered an entire army by yourself, but now you have to be stealthy and avoid running into people, and it's like, nah, man, just let me shoot them. I got this. So Yeah, I, I think I got to agree on that one, and I was having a hard time coming up with too many that I really don't like, but unless it's a stealth game, like there are some games, like if it's built to be a right, stealth game, then, then it's fine. Rock and roll, so like MGS or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah but, but I totally agree when it's like suddenly out of nowhere, you've been building your badass all game. Kratos now has to sneak across the get out of here with that. Dude, like, I'm the god of war. Why am I tiptoeing <laughs> around anything? I've killed right. gods, man. Come on. <laughs> what are we doing? Like, yeah, I was going to say something inappropriate, but I'll just shelve it. Yeah, leave it. <laughs> appropriately for after um, the pod when we're off stream <laughs> so yeah i think i'm i'm in agreement on both of those um aj how do you feel about those and what are what are some of yours i i like stealth um but it's i don't like rogue lights um for whatever i just i just don't like them man uh, and they make so many of them uh, now. yeah it's the like you go onto the Steam library and it's like oh top sellers and it's like sixteen yeah, of the top twenty. Like, like dude, what the? I was cool with it when it was new, but the it just got flooded with games and it's like right. all There's of them feel so the same. Of them. Yeah, and and like similar graphics and yeah. and I'm yeah I'm with you on that, but um, I really like how they handle stealth in a game like Deus Ex because you you choose. Yep. Do you want to stealth or do you want to go in, you know, one man army? And you can kind of you can play a lot of those missions either way because they're designed that way, and I really appreciate that. I like that because sometimes if I've if I've just grinded my way through a really difficult gunfight sequence and it's like, you know, it took me a couple of tries and I'm like, "Oh my god, this is, you know, I appreciate the ability to stealth my way through the next part of it." I like that. That's awesome. It lets you switch it up at your own pace that way. Yeah, Exactly. And it gives me the variance and it just kind of changes the way the game is played. It changes how I play and how I approach it. And 
and I appreciate the ability to do both. But if I'm if I'm like like uh, if you played through like any of the old like battlefield campaigns, yeah, like they would always do that. You you roll in with a squad and you're like, all right, boys, we're here to kill everybody and go team. And like you like thump your chest and it's like maximum adrenaline, right? And you're like dude broing out super hard. <laughs> and then you roll in there and you smoke a bunch of people and you're standing there and you're like, yeah. I'm the man, and and I'm trying to keep this really appropriate because <laughs> yeah. I, my real my real way of going about this is That's far right. more beep, 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 beep. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's just yeah. it's 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 way more like in your face and like trash talky. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're like, okay, now in this mission, what we need you to do, we need you to quietly work yeah. your way around and disable these alarms so that the enemies don't don't swarm you. And I'm like. Dude, make the them swarm level, me. Yeah. All the enemies did was swarm me, and you were cool with that. Like, why am I? Why am I suddenly worrying about this? Like, this dude, you you armed me to the teeth. I've got five weapons, including my knife. Let's go put it through some dude's brain. Come on, let's go. And then they're like, "No, please go cut the blue wire." And I'm like. Dude, <laughs> your blue wire. <laughs> oh, I I definitely hear you. I do like stealth mechanics, but I like when they're designed. The game is designed around them, yeah. and and they don't like force you into it. Yeah. I don't like being forced into like awkward paths. Give the just player the some agency for sure. Yeah. yeah, like because you see it all the time that they force you to do something radically different from the rest of the game, and it's <clears> entirely <throat> about. Well, we wanted to change it up. We didn't want it to be a uniform experience. And it's like, you've got 23 levels. 19 of them are the same thing. Those four are everybody's least favorites. <laughs> yeah. It's like having a water level. Why? Everybody hates it. <laughs> Just stop. Stop pretending. Water levels Except are garbage. In Mega Man. Except in Mega Man. I love water levels in Mega Man. Shout out, Mega Man. No, Don't listen to AJ. They're, they're, they're the same thing, though. Like, water levels are fundamentally the same thing as any other level. It's just like... Yeah, but you you're playing... If you're playing, you're playing like in, in, you're playing up in the, you're playing the Storm Eagle stage, you know? You've got the wind blowing you one way. You're playing a water level. It's going to affect a little bit of how you move. The ice yeah. makes you slide a little bit. Like, so I'm that's saying. whatever, but like, those water levels are fundamentally the same. Those are fine. We're yeah. talking like you get dropped into Mario 64 and they yeah. throw you in. And after you've already sunk the boat and done all the nonsense in, in, you know, dry, dry docks or whatever, then it's like, it's just water, and you're like, oh god, swimming takes forever. Yeah, trying to do anything like any MMO that's ever tried to do anything with water ever, everybody hates it. It sucks. <laughs> there isn't anybody out there that's just like, oh my god, this water level is incredible. I love these mechanics. No, that just doesn't exist. <laughs> so for me. For my my game mechanic, I don't like. This wasn't even on our our pre show list. But I was gonna say level. you clearly found one. Yeah, well, you went you went water level there. Give us one you like then. Uh, other than obviously, I mean, you talked about some of the things you like about actual stealth and stuff there, but that yeah. was still sort of Rudo's. Uh, I like no fall damage. I love the ability to jump off really high stuff and just float, and then whenever you land, you land, and you just keep on going. 
I'm playing a video game. It doesn't have to be realistic. Let me do. Let me jump off of high places and land in low places and keep going about my business. Yeah, I, no fall damage is awesome. Same vein, but like especially when you're playing a fantasy game and you're actually accidentally like miscontrol your character and step over the fire. Right. Don't don't punish me for that. <laughs> like, Come on, man. If I had better control over my character, I obviously would not have stepped in the fire. So the fact that you did half my health and now I have to sit here and wait because I accidentally stepped in the fire, please stop. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also have a bad habit of, and Z can tell you all about this, I have a bad habit <laughs> of falling off cliffs in, in games. Ah, the truth um, comes out. <laughs> so when I'm not punished for that, it's great. <laughs> like like I was playing uh I was playing through uh the Halo Chief Master Collection the other day. I was playing through Halo One's campaign where they have fall damage, but you can mitigate it by crouching just as you land. Yep. And that was awesome because I was just oh, hopping off of lots of places and I was rolling down and I was like blah blam and it was oh it was it was great. I love I like that. that. That's cool. Great story about Halo. Uh, back when it was relatively new and I was playing it with my buddy. We were playing on Legendary for the first time. I don't Is it the first or the second level where you have to go into that building construct on the ring and you have to turn on the, like, bridge? The warp bridge? The second. It's the second, oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. <clears throat> the first time we ever got to that, my buddy, who had already played through part of the game was like, we jumped in the Warthog, started driving towards the bridge before turning anything on. I was like, all right, just trust me. We'll jump off this bridge and we'll get rocket boosted and this Warthog will carry us right across. And I was like, all right, man. I drove right off the bridge and just... Uh, I also drove off that bridge two days ago and it was entirely because I thought it would be funny. (laughs) (laughs) My partner found it less funny, but I thought it was great. Uh... That's fantastic. Uh, I am going to go with two sides of the same coin for mine, and I'm going to stay away from the games that I typically talk about on the podcast and not get into all my RPG nerdyism right here. I stick with my my sports stuff, uh, and I'm going with create modes. Uh, I'm a big, big fan of customizable sports game experiences. And actually, one of the ones that's not sports, whatever, I'm not having that fight right now, uh, but is the, are the WWE games. They have been famous at being uh, incredible in terms of being able to customize uh, everything about the way your character looks. They still have the, the best, uh, most customizable uh, systems in terms of being able to make just about anything you want out of the way your character looks. Um, creating uh, arenas, putting in music, lighting, all kinds of stuff. It's absolutely insane. Um, Even for people that just don't even care even a little bit about wrestling, the ability to customize it uh, is, is it's absolutely nuts. The number of things that you can do. I would kill for like a commissioner mode in any of the other sports games like they have in WWE. You can do literally anything. You can set the schedule. You can have whoever face whoever you want. You can do custom map types. It's anything you can think of in the WWE universe. You can basically do, and it's ridiculous. You can like customize the presentation of it. It's insane. I, I love that you said you were going to avoid RPGs and then went to wrestling. 
Which well, is, actually, it's just an RPG, man. <laughs> wrestling, wrestling is just a role playing game. That's all it is. That's not accurate. But moving on, uh, there's a lot of sports games that uh, basically attempt to do a version of this same thing with varying degrees of success. Uh, the ability to create your own team, create your own logo, create your own jersey. Um, you know, obviously players. Uh, uh, most games anymore just have like uh, legends, like people have just made them and you can go and download pretty much all the great players who've ever played in the NBA or Major League Baseball. So even if they're not in the game officially, uh, you can go and find like Andre Scalaraga and just download them. Um, or whatever. So I, I really love stuff like that in sports games, especially the flip side of it is how oddly limited some of them are. Like you used to be able to create teams and stadiums in most sports games at one point or another, that was an option. Uh, and it isn't anymore, at least in MLB, the show and 2k, the show has a weird version where you kind of create your own team, but you can only play it in one mode and online against people and you got to build like you can't just like i'm gonna create the uniforms of the 1952 whoever's and get all the people on that team you can't just create an endless number of teams and i have no idea why you can edit all the teams in the game but you can't just create as many as you want same thing with the nba like you can't create teams you have to edit teams that already exist and you can't create your own arena uh or your own layout on the on the floor stuff like that which you used to be able to do in some of these games. And like I said, you can do in the WWE game, but not in any of these. So um, I, I just find that weird because I, I really love those customizable experiences. Yeah. I we wanna, When it comes to that, like what I really want is just someone to tie a graphics package into games like Franchise Hockey Manager or Out of the Park Baseball. Because those yeah. things, like, if you're talking about the GM and customizable side of everything, you can go nuts with that stuff. You can make your own league with whatever teams you want, and you can start in whatever year you want. You can set up pretty much anything on that side of the game. But then, at the end of the day, those games are just looking at spreadsheets, basically. Which, don't get me wrong, I get a lot of fun out of. But yeah. <laughs> it's not your traditional yeah, game in that sense. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Different kind of sim. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, why don't we do one more run through? I guess we could do a couple. I don't know how long you guys want to talk about. There's so many mechanics we could go through, but let's go back to Rudo and do a one you love, one you hate. And we'll keep it rolling through at least one more round. I mean, I'm, what was one that? What was your? Yeah, one you didn't you hated, do one that you hated. Well, the one that I hated was the the limitations and the fallbacks on the creator modes okay, okay. and the fact that you're actually taking a giant step backward industry wise in terms of sports game customization. Now, I don't know things like. UFC or boxing games or what you can do there. Uh, again, I would imagine you'd want a great deal of freedom to be able to customize your fighter. Um, Dude, I loved the Fight Night series, and I loved being able to, like, customize my trunks and then customize my uh, my walk-in music. And then also, like, the... They you give, were just making fun of WWE. <laughs> they, get to, uh, they get to give you... They give you, like, a, a bunch of options... But it's not like super customizable. You have to pick between a few of them. But like yeah. you could, you could pick like what happened when you walked into an arena. And so I always had like the dubs get released, 
and then like the fireworks went up because I always thought it would be funny if like the fireworks like hit oh, the sure. dubs and like I don't know it was like mass chaos and yeah you're a terrible so, person <laughs> yeah I mean I just you know in a video in, in a video game setting I don't mind that that's fine <laughs> do whatever you want right right but like I loved that in Fight Night because it was like you could you could walk in with your own hype music and you had like the trunks that you designed with the colors that you wanted and and it had either your nickname or your name or your last name like whatever like i always just put my last name on the trunks because i just thought i thought the look of it was super cool and i loved like i loved that about fight night the the to be able to like create like that experience of like because you know it's such a big deal do you remember do you remember when we were um Gosh, was it was it Walker's retirement or was it the Avs Kings game where there was also a big boxing match going on that night and it was on a different That was Avs Kings, I think. It was Avs Kings? Yeah. Okay. And because it was in the same room like a week apart. Yep. So um but it was like it was it was awesome because do you remember that boxing match? That dude came in with like the whole getup. Yeah. And like then he lost and everybody was like, Well yeah, he was tired because he had to walk. <laughs> <laughs> all the way with that whole suit on that he had and it was and like i love that about fight night was that it gave me the uh the ability to like kind of create that experience for me yeah no argument so, there customization good, let gamers do what they want yep. honestly is like always that's always a really like safe avenue let, right. the, let the dudes do whatever they want. Give them as many customization options as possible. Yeah. Um, if I want to have a Marvel versus video game battle royal in WWE, let me do it. And they do. <laughs> <laughs> do a 30-man Royal Rumble featuring, featuring only characters from DC Comics. There if you, you want. Living the dream right uh, there. That, that's the life, man. All right, Rudo. Give us a couple more. I love rare drops. Oh. And I don't mean loot boxes because loot boxes are straight garbage. I mean, shivers just thinking about Diablo. (laughs) You just took down a hard boss and you like finally beat it or did something that you've been farming for a while because you can get this thing. And that, that moment when whatever it is finally drops. And like it's a either a massive upgrade for you or you know it, in Diablo you could sell it for physical dollars if you wanted, but it it's it feels like one of the best accomplishments in the game where especially when you get something that's like a huge upgrade and then you go and do something else and you're like oh my god this is way easier now the reward is just crazy high to me for for doing something like that and, but and again the key is you have to have accomplished something to get rare drops you can't just open a loot box and oh sweet i got the legendary whatever skin and now i'm i look so awesome randomly it's it low you need some rng percentage on the drop factor but it should be oh i killed this boss or oh i got a really high rating in pvp or you know i i beat a top 100 player in this game or whatever and that should give you rewards. Uh, it, it it's harder in sports games. Like obviously with MLB the show, they have stubs and stuff, and it you get somewhat of the same feeling of you open a pack and you get like a diamond level player or whatever. But again, that's the 
you're just paying money. You're, it doesn't feel like you skillfully accomplished anything to get that. Um, and then I'm going to steal AJ's for the one that I hate because uh, escort missions are whoever invented them like should be banned from video game development forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the only question here is what's worth stealth missions and escort missions, and I think escorts are worse. Oh, escorts, I think escorts are, are way absolutely, worse. Absolutely, absolutely worse. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> so there's no debate then. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> no. They're absolutely awful. And, and the, the thing is, like, they've improved significantly over the years, with the AI development of, of NPCs and things like that, but especially no, back, still bad. they're still terrible, but you know, at least like sometimes the escort person will like try and run at least. Why in the, <laughs> uh-huh. why does your NPC not run the same speed as you? Right. It, it, you think it would be so How easy to just set that to speed. <laughs> How hard is it to program that NPC to run the same speed as all of the player characters in the whole friggin' game? What the hell? I I, I don't know. I <laughs> I could Just not tell you. Run the same damn speed. I don't need it to be super fast. Where I'm like, dude, what in the? Why can't I run that fast? And I also don't want to be having to be like stopping and being like, oh, because a lot of times if you get too far away, they either stop yep. or it resets and you got to go back and start over. And you're like, dude, what would much rather have Why? them like outpace me and like it's a struggle to keep up with them than like crawling at turtle speed. Right. Ugh. But then the ones where they outpace you. A hundred percent of the time, there is combat along the way, yep. and it's like I'm already struggling to keep up with this dude, and now I've got to fight stuff because all he's doing is hauling ass. <laughs> and it's just like, dude, no, ah, there was a there was a Guild Wars mission that was like infamous for this. It's the second to last mission of the very first uh, of the very first Guild Wars, and of like the original missions, like and the base game. The slowest NPC in gaming history. <laughs> it's awful. They've since gone and like like fixed it, but like this dude, because he what he had to do is he would take ten steps and he would stop. He he would walk ten steps and stop and tell you part of a story. Walk ten steps and stop and tell you you had a long way to travel. <laughs> Walking and so what and people talking, would do is they would go complex. and they would clear out the entire map before even talking to him. So there would be no and aggro. Then, <laughs> well, and exactly. And then you would set up each of your people would be spaced out so and that he AFK. was constantly yeah. talking to somebody, nice. and then you would go oh do something God. else. <laughs> that was how we did that mission. Amazing! And wow. it was like. It's one of the it's one of the few times where the the original Guild Wars makes World of Warcraft look good. Shots fired. Are there any counter examples? And I don't have one. I'm 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 actually asking this question. Can we I, think of one time where it's like, well, that that was actually a well executed escort mission. Escort mission enhanced the experience aren't really escort missions and it's just like adding a member to your party that follows you around 
<laughs> right. Right. It's like, hey, if you happen to be there and you can't die, but we're just walking and fighting, whatever. But, oh, yeah, I can't think of any. So I can't think of any like true escort mission where I was like, that's yeah. awesome. Me either. Right. Right. All right, AJ, another set. Um, You know, one thing that I really, really like is, especially in action games, is like really cool and varied killing animations. So, like, uh, you know, I grew up playing... I, I played a lot of the Ninja Gaiden games. Um, you know, you could play, like, Dark Souls, things like that. Like, action games. Uh, Devil May Cry. Mm-hmm. I, I really like if you get... Uh, and, and the way that you see Doom now uh, with Doom Eternal. Yep. Yep. Um, get, up in, get up in somebody's grill and just smoke them in increasingly brutal and clever ways. It's extremely satisfying. It just feels good because you're supposed to be this powerful entity and for you to get up there and just like rip his eyeball out and then cut his head off. You're just like, wow, this is really brutal, but I'm supposed to be a character that can accomplish these things. It feels good to do that. It feels like satisfying to be like, I have dominated this dude to the point where they are literally in pieces as I move about my way and go and do it to his friends. Right. You don't just land your last hit and they fall over. Right. It's not like the like uh the same can is kind of said like when you get a headshot in like Halo and the ragdoll physics kick in and like the body like flips, like the way that the head snaps back in the body, like the legs kick out. Yep. Like it just feels satisfying because you're just like, Oh, I got him. Because you know, like when the guy's when the guy just goes down and is like this dude killed this dude. You're kind of like, okay, well, that mm-hmm. happened. It feels good when there's there are satisfying like animations. This, this seems kind of dark. Yeah. I feel like I feel like there's gonna be like a psychologist who listens to this and is like, that guy is a serial killer. <laughs> yeah, right. Now I think because um, I remember vividly experiencing this for the first time with one of the first games that made a big deal out of it. Uh, another reason why I've I've long uh, been a PlayStation guy, which was God of War on the original PlayStation two. And they had those uh, unique mechanics and not just for boss fights, like for certain slightly bigger, you know, the, the, the slight Cyclops comes to get in. Like you said, you rip out his eye at the end of killing him. And it just, because I think in gaming is there's always been that hurdle or that slight boundary suspension of disbelief, how many things, and there are certain things. And I'm even feeling this as we move into the next gen, they're like, there are things we as gamers just get totally used to for whatever generation we're in. Yep. And it's difficult to go back and explain to people like, well, we had just accepted that all of this happened. And then the moment we saw, oh, a fight with a monster can end without me just punch him the last time. And like I said, and then he just falls over and turns into a red thing and, and disappears. Now I'm like jumping up on his back. And remember when the fight stopped blinking? Right, right. And, and back then we were just, that was a thing of excitement. Like back yeah. in the day, you, like, it would drive up that yeah. adrenaline, right? The if boss like, is blinking. Okay, he's yellow. Yeah, if a boss started blinking in a modern game, you, what the hell is this? Right, <laughs> like could you imagine God of War and you're like rolling around like smoking these like, like these classic like mythical figures and the dude just starts blinking and then falls over. You'd be like, what the hell is this? Yeah. <laughs> oh, are you, did they forget to finish this? <laughs> oh, that'd be it, funny. It does feel really nice though, because there are only so many ways in a game that you can make the character feel powerful. And beyond just, you know, raw power of like, 
killing enemies quickly or not taking much damage, that's a way to make you feel like you did something very cool. Yeah, definitely. And there's a fine line there, but I'll I'll I'd suspect it might be your your hated one, so I'll hold off. Yeah, on that. my my just and it's funny because Michael just said it in the chat too. Yeah, uh, he did. Two quick, <laughs> quick quick time events. Yeah. You know, like when it's when it's uh when it's like a Telltale game, like the 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 Game of Thrones Telltale Telltale game, everything was a quick time event, right? Yep. Like that's sure. the whole game. That's one thing. Like that's you you walk in like knowing, hey, this is what the game is. Like so stealth. You, you just yeah. accept, like, okay, that's that's how you play this game. But like when you're playing Resident Evil Five, and you're working <laughs> your way through a bunch of you're you're working your way through a bunch of stuff and and it's it's very action game oriented and then you get to a boss and you're on the boat and it's like oh you've got to jump in like the harpoon gun and then you've got to all of a sudden this letter combination the button yeah. combination popped up on the screen and you're like what the hell was that yeah what and then the tentacle slams down on top of you and you're like okay well that didn't feel good Next time, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we, you're gonna run around, and then the next thing you know, you've spent 35 minutes on this sequence where you have to do a quick time event, and then you have to avoid damage, and then you do a quick time event, and then you avoid, and you're just like, dude, it, the pacing of this sucks. This yeah. isn't rewarding. This is mostly how many times can I do this before I decide that this is either not worth it. Or I just like bounce, it's, like like this. This yeah. is this is an endurance test, not a fun. This is not. This doesn't fit with an action game. It's super disengaging too, right? Like you're playing an action game and you you feel immersed in it. You feel like when you dodge, you dodge. When you attack, you you attack. Right. You're not hitting X square, triangles, circle, and the correct combination of buttons to do something that you don't even know what you're really doing. Right, and then like the next thing you know, like the 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 temple is collapsing and you're sliding down the thing. And, like, instead of being able to actually dodge things using reflexes, it's like, tap X at the right second. And, you're, and you don't know what, you, you don't know which button it's going to be. And then you've got to do this six times in a row in order to get out of this and get on to the next part of the game. And it just completely removes you from everything else you're doing. And it's like, this isn't fun or interesting. This is just a chore. Yeah. it. it I hate that. And I hate the like finisher move ones as well and maybe this is more of a personal issue for me but like you're fighting a boss and you get him super low and, and you've done all the work to get him and then you cut it enters this cut scene and you feel like all right cool got him it time, break time for me and then all of a sudden in the cut scene a bunch of buttons start popping up and it's like <laughs> what dude no i was done <laughs> like like I'm I'm yeah. not supposed to uh, it's a cutscene. I'm I've grabbed onto the helicopter. I'm good. Yeah, exactly. There should not be a button sequence to kick the guy back down when he tries to grab my leg. That's part of the cutscene. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you, man. I hate that noise. It's because you put the controller down and you're like, you're totally feeling yourself in the moment and you're like, Yeah, I'm the man. Yeah, right. I did this. I, I've accomplished a thing in a game. That letter pops up on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> Son of a... And then it's uh, like, hit A as rapidly as you can. And you're like, what yeah. the... <laughs> yeah. So, 
I will say I agree with everything that's been said here. Um, the I do have one slight caveat because I, I do think this is one of those things, kind of like with DLC, where for a ton of right reasons, people hate it. But there are a handful of good applications of it that sometimes people miss. And I think you both even went out of your way to say this is terrible in action games. I do think there are some RPGs that use quick time events when you're already in a broken up pace, like you're already not in the midst of battle. You're not in a dungeon doing a quick time event. That stuff is garbage. But like if you're in town and you're doing one of the scenes and there's a festival and you've got to dance with somebody and there's a little quick time event. Um, don't tell don't mind that at all. Yeah. The, and, and so. Um, Guild Wars not, did not. Yeah. Uh, so I, I just wanted to throw that out there. Um which is even a, a transition into, I wasn't sure which one of these I wanted to do. Let me start with my negative one, since it's in a similar category to what you were just bringing up. And um, uh, we just had the Final Fantasy VII remake conversation, and, and it does a it does this a lot. Probably the worst thing about its gameplay, and that is cutscenes that interrupt what you are doing and cancel out your attack. I have spent this entire battle building toward my limit break and I have staggered the enemy and I am a, and I click perform the limit break and, and it takes that stuff and it takes all the MP and my character starts to do the thing. And then it goes to a cutscene because some guy has to yell out some clever line and uh, we come back and nothing has happened. And my care and the, Oh yeah. Ooh. The only cutscene that, is doing that better be that guy's dead. <laughs> like, don't, and make don't sure it's me. not skippable. Yeah, like because you're because spamming you buttons anyway. Yeah. You're jamming on buttons, and then the cutscene starts, and you accidentally hit one and it skips it, and you're like, "Wait, wish I knew what he said out. just there." Yeah, do I yeah. do I have to go to YouTube to dig this thing up because I accidentally <laughs> just skipped it? But you know, right. just make sure it's not common, but it's happened to me in games before where I was just like, "Boy, oh. I hope that wasn't important." <laughs> so, minor mechanic that solves that problem that every game should have that I love. I wasn't going to pick this one, but mechanic I love: hold the button down to make me confirm. Uh, that's what it is in in FF Seven. You want to skip the cutscene? Hold down triangle for a significant number of time. It'll skip the cutscene. But if you're just I'll pressing that. Buttons, it won't do I'll, it. Yeah. Um, I'll take that over asking me four different times if I want to confirm. Are my you selection. sure? You're sure? You're sure? Though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you, Windows Seven? Quit asking me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love that mechanic for precisely that reason. I hate that window because I will click no when I mean yes and yes when I mean no every mm. single time. <laughs> are you sure? No, I'm not sure about anything. <laughs> Stop asking me that question. Well, that. Um, I've one one of the most evil things in that is you don't know which answer your game is going to default to. Half of them default to, default to yes, and half of them yeah. default to no. And so right. you're never sure if you can just spam the button or not. Well, and then you do spam the button, and you end up with a game like Ocarina of Time when yeah. you're talking to that owl. Did you get all that? Just... <laughs> no. Repeats... All right, let me tell you again. <laughs> <laughs> the famous example. Uh... Uh, are you, did you get all that? Uh, and then there's so, no way to get out of that. It's like, yeah, no way on. we're doing this again. And there have been, um, speaking, uh, the other flip side of it, Final Fantasy X was famous 
infamous, I should say, for non-skippable cutscenes, including one right before a big and difficult boss fight that was long. And pretty much everyone who played that game had to listen to the the villain give basically his thesis statement 14 times because it was a cutscene you couldn't skip that came right in a spot where you had to save. And then it was just like, you got to watch this thing over and over and over again. Allow us to skip the cutscene. Not because we want to blow through the story of the movie we just, or the, the game. We've probably seen it. Um, I was going to go with a slightly controversial one from my last positive. I don't know that I want to end with the two of you yelling at me about why I'm wrong, though. So <laughs> maybe that's a better <laughs> ending than what I was going to go with. Instead of something that we'll all agree is kind of awesome and, and along with the customization. Um Either way, I'm going back to my my safe zone here with RPGs. I'll pick, you know what, I'll pick the controversial one. I like random encounters. And they're almost completely a thing of the past. Uh, and Just I totally... Clarify, you mean like running around in an old FF game and then your guy would just randomly get into a, a battle instead of actually seeing an enemy to engage? Exactly right. Like you can't see the enemy on the field of battle and anywhere on the map. You're just strolling along and suddenly there's a sound and the battle music pops up and then you're in a totally different screen and now you're having a fight. Random encounters, almost completely a thing of the past. I don't know. I don't know how many games uh, these days are doing it. Final Fantasy games don't do it anymore. Um, but I always felt like that created uh, a unique sense of tension for exploring dungeons and world maps. And um, I, I always thought it really, you know, you know, these games were originally supposed to kind of mimic the Dungeons and Dragons experience where you're just kind of a, a party of people out there adventuring and you don't know what's going to happen. So you need to be prepared for any possibility at any given time. And I felt like random encounters really... Um, amplified that whereas now when you're walking around and you're like oh i can see that enemy i know what it's weak against i'm going to get equipped i'm going to walk over there i'm going to kill it um also now in rpgs you can save everywhere which as an adult gamer with a job i appreciate a thousand percent like i need to be able to save at any time so i can go do my job but um there was something about the tension in old RPGs of I could be attacked at any time. I don't know where the next save point is. I've only got three potions left. I'm out of Phoenix down. Th there was real tension and anxiety that came with that, that I think we don't have in games very much anymore. That's my defense of random encounters. I agree with you in part. I also, nothing well, I don't want to say nothing, but there are very few things that are as frustrating as when you run into a string of random encounters and a place where you ran through one way, made it through without a single one, and then you're coming back and every step for seven straight steps, you get an encounter and you're just like, what is going on? <laughs> it's the worst when you're backtracking, which backtracking, what by the way, would be a mechanic probably because of this that I would have on my negatives. Unless you're <laughs> yeah, really giving me the first Halo. Oh my right. God. Unless you're really giving me a reason to visit these areas again, don't make me do that. But, you know, I think, I think Pokemon actually handled this very, very well. If you want random encounters, cool. Just run through the game and don't even worry about it. If you don't want random encounters, buy repels. 
You won't get random encounters anymore. Problem solved. Oh, that's cool. That's speaking, okay. speaking of buying stuff, I want to throw this into the mechanics as well. Let me buy multiple things in shops. Right. Don't don't oh. make me buy one damn thing at a time. Okay. Yeah. And then make me go through the conversation option. Thanks again, for coming. Thank you for your purchase. Yeah. Come back soon. No, I'm, yeah. I'm still right here. Right. Like, I need to buy, like, six health potions, some mana pots. I need to buy some scrolls. I need to buy some some res stuff. Like, let me let me just buy what I need to buy and then whatever. In also, fact, give like, me a realistic crafting. store mechanic where I can walk around and pick all of those things out and set them on the counter. Take Take <laughs> crafting out of games, please. I hate it. Oh, I got it. Well, I've I only liked it. it in one game, but I love it in Final Fantasy fourteen so much. I, I spent it. more time crafting stuff than playing that game for a while. I don't find a single thing interesting about finding recipes and then crafting recipes. I I I hate it. I legitimately I can't can't okay. stand yeah. it. Not one thing uh, about it interests me at all. Like like uh, I've I've now been playing World of Warcraft for a year and a half or so. What is it? No. Hey, yeah, about a year and a half. And I've never picked like a profession, a secondary profession, or done any of that. I'm I, I don't know. I'm not a chef. I'm not a an artificer. I'm not a jeweler. Any of that crap. Because I hate collecting random nonsense and then just sitting there and just pounding away crafting it. Kill me. Definitely not fun. Just kill me. Like, I hate. I don't know why, for me, there's just something about running out into the field of battle equipped entirely with stuff you have made and found yourself. Never had to go into a shop. Uh, I made this, it's special and has special stuff because I was able to customize it and make it how I wanted to make it look how I wanted to. And now I've got my own unique thing going on and I'm running this, out there in the world. This is actually kind of an interesting conversation because I don't, I don't like crafting, but I also don't like buying weapon upgrades from shops. Let mm. me, let me pull powerful stuff off of dead enemies. That boss like, that's using the giant sword, yeah, that's the sword that I want. <laughs> exactly. Like he's got he's got the broadsword that's like 14 feet tall and triple my height. Let's do that. Like <laughs> let that me one. equip that, please. Let me put that on my back and run around and then swing it and then it looks ridiculous. Like let me let me loot badass enemies for for real meaningful upgrades. Yeah. I like loot systems like that. Don't I like having both. If you're going to make it nice. Stuff from shops doesn't feel good. Yeah. It's exciting when you get upgrades, but like, is, is it better to beat an enemy and pull the loot off of that guy and be like, dude, look at this upgrade versus walking into the shop and then comparing the two things and being like, wow, my damage goes from one number to a higher number. Let me Man. buy this. It just doesn't feel good. I don't like it. Yeah, I would agree. I think if if Spano was here, he would agree with me that at least in the early games, the big appeal of that was making it exciting to go co- to go to a new place. You're yeah, in a oh, new I, town, which means that I they're going to have. I agree yeah. with him about towns and shops, and you've got to have shopkeepers, and there's got to be interesting stuff there. There's got to be stuff that you want to buy. 
make it unique though and that was one thing that i liked about uh like a link to the past is that you could work your way through uh all the little different areas of the game and you could kind of do it in a way that you wanted to but like hey i need to go and i need to get this you know i need to go and and get the ice wand or whatever and the fire rod and like you had to do things in certain like you had to go to certain areas to get certain things and that's what i liked not just generic weapon upgrade x or generic yeah. equipment upgrade x go to a certain area and get specific items that you use in specific ways that are valuable to you not just okay well you go and you've rolled into a new shop and now you're gonna buy all that you're gonna nope now you've got new boots and new pants and new gloves and and a new chess piece and uh, a new helmet and then oh yep yep hey look you go to the other guy you go to the weapon guy and now you have new weapons like let me loot that stuff man let me kill let me kill dudes and take their stuff and wear it <laughs> as like a coat of honor the dude who kills me gets to take it off my body that's there what you have it. all right are there any others that we want to discuss or we'll just leave them out there we can always we can, i mean we can just leave oh, honestly man. do this all day man yeah we could go for hours i'm sure but... the more the more that we're talking about it the more that i'm thinking about things where i'm just like ah oh, this, oh, this that sucks. one or, thing that pissed really me off that like one that. time yeah yeah <laughs> drew i think you need to play a game called battle chasers night war okay i think you would really like it it feels super duper up your alley yeah I think the the big takeaway here for things like it, it seems like for the most part we love things that make the experience far more customizable and dislike things that limit your choices and force yeah. you to do one silly. And I'm somebody who loves linear games where they're like we're telling you this story and it goes yeah A B C D E F G. I like linear games, but but as we would both I think argue, there's plenty of room for creativity and you don't have to force yeah your dumb gameplay mechanics like this on well, people. And like, and like you're, linear. just because you're a linear story, I, I hate that people think linear story means the same story. You can create a linear story that's experienced in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. And because players have different personalities, they want to play the game in the way that they want to play the game, whether it be classes, combats, you know, however, however they mix it up, but give, give you a lot of different avenues within the game. It's like a mini open world for your linear experience. You're walking, right. you're walking the straight path, but you're kind of doing it your own pace, your own way. And that I think is, it gets lost when you get into the linear conversation. Yeah. I mean, that was going to be my, my non-controversial one for the, the mechanic, of course, that uh, I'm the biggest into, which is what all role-playing games are based off, which is maybe not all of them, but job class systems. And the deeper your job class system, you know, the, the more I can have a, a party of people who have, significantly different abilities and strengths and weaknesses. And it's all about putting that party together. However I can to, like you said, that in and of itself, you play final fantasy one today and try to go through the whole thing with just fighters or just black mages, stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, the, <laughs> yeah, right. Right. And, and, and it adds a whole different level of challenge for me, particularly, I love any system where you have to learn a job or a class for a certain amount of time and that and then maybe another job or class and when you have those two things combined it opens up a whole other thing you couldn't do like i'll i'll play in the menus of games like that forever i just want to look like my character in cutscenes because i think it's the funniest thing ever 
Oh, like in MMOs when you're yourself the whole time and then it's a cutscene and you're the generic guy from the commercials? Yeah, like I'll show it to the stream anyway. I want to look like this guy if I'm wearing a balaclava and a hat and like a chest piece. <laughs> I want to when it, it's like a super serious cutscene and it'll cut to your character and you just look absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, like, your guy's like a clown show. And you're yeah. like, yeah, well. <laughs> again, WWE works all their creative nonsense into every single cutscene in their game. Why can't the MMOs? So you can have the most ridiculous looking person ever. Great RPGs. Yeah. There you go. All right. Yeah. Dude, wrestling games are damn it. They, they are. are. <laughs> I mean, they, even if you, yeah, they, I mean, they're just. I, actually, the last one was a broken joke of a mess. I don't know if you read about that, but they mm. they released a, a, a third of a game. I'm, I mean, it was. Oof. Cygnus, I could do a whole thing on why GTA is amazing. <laughs> Future pod we'll episode, maybe. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. there'll be. GTA 5 is one of the most amazing gaming experiences I've ever had. Nice. We also got to do a Halo one coming up here pretty soon because all the Halo stuff's coming back out. And yeah. it just... I mean, Halo 2 just came out two days ago. I was running around playing it the other day, getting all the feels. <laughs> I can't yeah, wait not... to beat the Halo not... 1 campaign so I can get in there with my little dual wieldies. Dual you know, they, they, they screwed up the in the Master Chief collection. The the pistol in Halo 1 is nowhere near as dominant as it it's actually was. It's not a three-shot kill anymore. It's not, dude. I was expect. I was like, "Why am I emptying a clip on this dude? I'm popping him in the head. I know how to use it." It sucked. I was like, "Wow, what a legit disappointment." You know what's amazing though? The freaking Needler, the like worst <laughs> gun in the it. game. Yeah. Oh, I've always been like, a defender. How dare you? <laughs> they changed this. It's oh, dude, that the guns are way different. All right. The, the level design is still bad though. Wow, it's bad. <laughs> Well, uh, I think we should do some Halo talk next week. I think that would I'm be down. good. Yeah. yeah, I'll try and get Halo 1 beat up so I can get into the Halo 2. It's actually cool, too, because you can, uh, when you're in, running around in Halo 1, if you just hit tab, it, it changes between what the game originally looked like, and then you hit tab again, it takes you to the enhanced version. Oh, that's I, was, cool. I was making fun of it. I was like, this game is still ugly as hell. And then I hit tab, and I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> nope. <laughs> It is not ugly at all. Nope. All right. Well, cool. Thanks, everyone, for hanging out and listening to that. Let us know what game mechanics you love and or hate. You can swing by. Uh, we've got a, a spot for these on the website now, so you can leave comments for them uh, there. You can leave them on the Twitter at DNVR underscore gaming. You can follow any one of us on Twitter and leave comments for us. Let us know what mechanics you love, what you hate, what you'd like to hear us talk about in the future, all that good stuff. Make sure you're following the Twitch channel. If you've got Amazon Prime, you can totally for free subscribe to the Twitch, get all kinds of cool, uh, fun little rewards for doing that, and you'll be notified whenever we're running stuff like this podcast, tournaments, games, uh, sims that are going to be coming up, all kinds of fun stuff costs you nothing gives us a little something uh it's a great way to help us out in the meantime just keep playing wgt help drinking breck brew and helping out all of our other sponsors first major this weekend wgt sunday that's right we're coming up we're trying to come up with the official name for it 
uh, the offices, at least as we speak. Uh, but big tournament on Sunday, so make sure you've got it downloaded. Remember, it's totally free. It's a whole lot of fun, whether you're great at it, mediocre at it, or terrible at it. Um, I'm somewhere in between terrible and mediocre, but I have an absolute blast playing that game. So join us on Sunday. Until then, for AJ and Rudo, I've been Drew Creaseman. You all have been awesome. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.